0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. Hope you're having a great day today. I always begin the show with a special shout out to Yoshiko Dark who is the wife of the late Justin Dart. And the reason I do that is I have to remind everyone on every single show about the importance of our disability rights history. And a special shout out to Ireland. Wow, you guys are awesome. You know, there are 17 countries that listen to this show, but Ireland, you are rocking. So thank you for listening. Please uh, just keep encouraging other people as all of you should. And I so appreciate that. And Highmark, our lead sponsor. Highmark, you know what can I say? You set the high mark for other companies to follow. Thank you so much for your support. And what a great guest we have today. Oh, yes. I love this woman. She is the transition coordinator for Fox Chapel Area High School. But more importantly, she is just a great leader for young people living with disabilities. You know what? She has so much passion. Uh, she loves them so much. She is just the best of the best. Stacey Dejanovic, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Joyce. You always give such a gracious welcome to everybody. We're fortunate to have you.
1: Well, you know, there aren't a lot of people teachers that that are like Stacy, but she is so committed to young people living with disabilities. It's just tremendous. So, Stacy, just to start the show, how about by telling our listeners what caused you to decide to become a teacher?
2: Well, I'm probably not going to give you the answer that you would like because I'm um, came into it a very different way. I decided very early on that I was going to go to college so that I could help people, and I thought the best way to help people would be to become an attorney, of course. And you know, started my education. My bachelor's degree is in philosophy and psychology, so I was in a better position to get into law school and. I ended up doing some volunteer work at the old Harmerville Health South Rehabilitation Hospital. And they had a vocational evaluation department that worked with high school students with disabilities and helped them assess their skills and see what their abilities were. And I thought that was really neat to focus on abilities and what people can do rather than what they can't do. And I thought, yeah, you know what, that's what I want to do. I want to become a certified rehabilitation counselor and a vocational evaluator. And I continued, I went into grad school for rehabilitation counseling and vocational evaluation and was fortunate enough to work for the President's Commission on Employment of People with Disabilities as my graduate assistantship. I mean, how cool is that, Joyce? That is so cool. And grad school to see that and to see about, you know, all the accommodations that, you know, folks would call in and uh, we could provide accommodations. And as you know, Joyce, most accommodations to employers are at no cost or little cost. Yeah. And,
0: you know, I I thought
2: and that's what I think a lot of people don't realize. And through that, you know, I kept saying, um, you know, we all know that if you really want to have the highest level of employment and earning potential, you need a degree, right, Joyce?
1: Yeah, that's what they think, right? Yeah.
2: It's just interesting that, you know, all these things are out there and I just kept doing things. And then I actually, um, a professor that I had worked closely with through that was writing a grant to help students who were in high school learn about themselves, their skills, their strengths, their weaknesses, who they were, what they wanted to become, have them go out very similar to what we do, Joyce, out into the community to have individual mentors. Just as you mentor all my students currently, we knew that the power, the kids with, all kids, with or without disabilities, if they're going to get become disengaged with school, they do it in ninth grade. So to start this curriculum in ninth grade, and he said, I thought of you as just who you are, so I developed a curriculum before I was even a teacher, started working with the Pittsburgh Public Schools, um, and then started supporting teachers and their work with helping students with disabilities gain self-awareness and self-advocacy skills and employability skills so that they could go on to their futures in employment or college, and along the way, I then... Got my teaching certificate um, and became a certified special education teacher, a certified supervisor, a certified guidance counselor, and didn't stop there because, as you know, I now have a doctorate in special education, um, and all my work has been focusing on how to improve the outcomes of students with disabilities whenever they graduate from high school to ensure that We can facilitate futures and everybody's living, learning, and working in our community together.
1: And you have done a great job. We are all lucky to have you, uh, Stacy. We are. And so right now, if you could describe what you do at Fox Chapel, which is so much, you know, we don't have an hour, but give people an idea of what you do at Fox Chapel. Well, I'm just fortunate
2: because I work in the best school system with some of the best teachers and best administrators and best families and students that really make the difference, Um, and that's a special environment because I am the transition facilitator, so I'm responsible for ensuring that all of our students with IEPs transition to adult life so that they're, you know, continuing their education um, employed, they're connected with agencies, they're living in the community. So I really work closely with the families and the students and support the teachers in making sure that we're doing everything we look at every year is this student doing what they need to do to reach their adult life goals.
1: And it is a great school. And by the way, right here in Pennsylvania, close to Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, and just as Stacey mentioned, the students, the teachers, uh, the, the superintendent, everyone, they're all really great to work with. Um, so we now know what made you decide to work with students with disabilities. And Stacey said, when you went to Fox Chapel, were you doing that right from the beginning?
2: Yes, this is always, I've been here for 11 years now in Fox Chapel. So, you know, I was hired to be the transition coordinator, and this has been my position, and it's my passion, and it's great because um, I, Fox Chapel is very progressive with looking at what's going on at the national level, the state level, and then letting us implement. As you know, they've been very supportive of us partnering with you, Joyce, um, from the very, ge- very beginning.
1: Yes, yes, really wonderful. They have been uh, really partners. You're right. That's the way it has been. Now, remember, everyone, what we're doing at Fox Chapel is through the Bender Leadership Academy is what I've partnered with Stacy and her team is on job readiness, leadership and standing up to bullying. And I just want you to know, like all of administration is behind this. It is remarkable how behind this program uh, the school is. It's a great example in the country for other schools to follow. Now, Stacy, something I want to ask you about. I can't believe how many parents I meet that did not understand an IEP and didn't know when they should have started. Uh, working with this and I wonder if you could just take a few minutes uh, when should a parent know okay it's time to go to school and get this IEP in place and how do they do that well I- I'm going to tell you and now the way
2: education is um, you know I-, I think that most students receive their IEPs very early on in early elementary school um, typically um, I think it's few that parents are making the request. Most of the time, believe it or not, Joyce, it's the school district that um, has to secure permission from parents um, to proceed with an evaluation for special education services. But I imagine there may be a few parents and that they see that their child's struggling and they want to ask that their child's evaluated, and the parent can ask at any time that their child be evaluated for special ed services, and all they have to do, it doesn't even have to be a formal letter. They can just put it in writing, send an email to a guidance counselor or their special education director and just say, Dear um, so-and-so, I'm requesting that my child be evaluated for special education services. These are the things that I see happening. And you really don't even have to include anything more than the first sentence because the first step after they issue the permission to evaluate, the next step in the process is they request more information for the parent because that, getting that information from parents is crucial for the proper identification of, a, of students with disabilities because we need your input because oftentimes families see things at home. You know, we might see that a student's doing really well academically, but we don't know that the child's spending five hours at night on homework, and all the remediation that the parents are providing on their own in the evenings, on the weekends, that, would be some, that was something that we would need to know.
1: So giving you and giving the school all of this information is really critical to having a successful IEP. It's very critical. Schools really just want to help all kids,
2: and without sharing of information, the more we know, the more we can do.
1: And once you have that in place, what does that mean? What is an IEP? What is that? So, and that's nice to clarify, Joy.
2: So an IEP is an individualized educational plan. And so a lot of people get confused, too, because IEPs, um, for a student to be eligible, they have to first have a disability, and then secondly, the disability has to affect them in the academic school setting and um, really be a deficit to learning here in the setting that requires not only requires accommodations, but it requires what we call specially designed instruction and modifications and services. And I say that because there are some disabilities that um, instead of an individualized educational plan, that students will receive a 504 plan because the student does in fact have a disability, but the disability um, is able... In the educational setting, if we provide accommodations, we level the playing field rather than accommodations plus modifications.
1: So in other words, a person could be a person who is blind or deaf uh, and doing extremely, you know, well. And so in that case, this would be the 504, and this would be just providing an accommodation. Well, that would be a good example, except for typically
2: someone uh, A young person who is blind or deaf, we actually, they would have an IEP because they need accommodations to do well, but they also might require additional services. We maybe have a, um, at the younger ages, we're teaching them Braille, we're teaching them, um, so we have special, um, they call them teachers. I, I know this is bad, Joyce, so forgive the language, but it's what the State Department of Education calls them teachers of the blind, teachers of the deaf, or hard of hearing. So they may have that teacher that meets with them individually to teach them specific skills. So that would be oh, an additional service.
1: that they're for, we have, Well, same thing. How about if you use a wheelchair?
2: Right. If you're using a wheelchair and you simply need accommodations um, to access different classes or maybe you need your classes to not be as spread out, then a 504 would be fine. Um, Anxiety, I'll give that as an example. Sometimes anxiety requires an IEP. Other times anxiety um, requires a 504. We may have someone who has anxiety, but in the academic setting, the only time it shows up is during test taking situations. So if we just provide some testing accommodations, it levels the playing field for that student. On the opposite, we may have students that have anxiety which impedes their ability to focus and learn and they really need to learn some coping skills and mechanisms so we might be providing counseling services to them and then that becomes a related service and we would need an IEP in addition to the accommodations to provide those services.
1: You know that is very good to know. Very uh, that really explains it well. Uh, and Stacey, if your child... I apologize. Does... I am working in a school and they do interrupt
2: us for announcements and I can't turn it off, Joyce. there's well, some you know working what? Conditions that that just school.
1: That just makes it authentic. <laughs> you really are a teacher. And actually, we have to go to break anyway, so this is the perfect time. Um, and if you just joined us, we're talking to Stacy Dijonovic, who you can see really is a teacher at Fox Chapel High School. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice with Disability Matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back.
4: surprise you.
5: Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand
2: their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com.
3: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We're talking to Stacey Dejanovic today, the transition coordinator from Fox Chapel Area High School. But before we talk further, as you know, Every half hour, every show, we have our Advocacy Matters with Perry Jude Radicek, CEO of Pennsylvania Disability Rights Network. So, Perry Jude, what do you have for us today? Hey, Joyce. I wanted to talk about the 21st
6: Century Cures Act uh, and the mandate that all states use electronic visit verification for Medicaid funded personal care service uh, by January 1st, 2019. And to catch everybody up, electronic visit verification, which we call EVV, requires an individual to be given a device, kind of like a smartphone, which allows providers of direct support workers or personal care service providers to log the time in of a personal care visit with an individual with a disability. And so Congress, a few years ago, under the 21st Century Cures Act, mandated that all states start using electronic visit verification for Medicaid-funded services, direct care support worker services, by January 1st, 2019. Now, Joyce, if a state doesn't do this, the state is going to be subject to an incremental FMAP reduction. So what does FMAP mean? It means the share, the federal medical assistance percentage, or the share of money that the, that the feds provide the states for the Medicaid-funded service. So where are we? Many of us in the disability community have great concerns about electronic visit verification. Now, the thing is, we don't oppose the need to streamline or automate timesheets for direct care workers. We don't have a problem with that. And we really appreciate and support a higher level of accountability for providers and for Medicaid. But we're concerned with the GPS tracking system that are in these devices. And so when an individual leaves the home, they've got to take this device with them, so then people will know where people go in the community. And then the National Council on Independent Living did a community survey and found other problems, too. There are still issues with timesheets not matching the, the, uh, the electronic visit verification. And then there's issues with who's going to pay for the electronic visit verification system. So there are so many organizations working on this issue. ADAPT is working on this issue, the Consortium for Citizens with Disabilities, Disability Rights Pennsylvania, the National Disability Rights Network, and the National Council for Independent Living. At the end of May, just, uh, just a few weeks ago, Congress, with bipartisan support, introduced legislation to try to delay the implementation of electronic visit verification. So, if everyone wants to know more about these House and Senate bills in Congress and you want to learn more about electronic visit verification, check out our website uh, later today at disabilityrightspa.org.
1: Hey, thank you. Oh, Perry Jude, I love you keeping everyone apprised of what's going on. And that website again. Yes, it's disabilityrightspa.org. And let me say, this is a great group to support. You know, we all want people fighting for us, but guess what? They can't do that without our financial support. Perry Jude, thank you so much. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Hey, thanks, Joyce. Okay, advocacy matters, and it certainly does. Uh, you know what? Oh, Stacy, we talk about this next question a lot, which is independence. Sadly, many times a parent of a child uh, with a disability goes overboard. In other words, not allowing the child to be independent, possibly even being concerned about what you are doing at Fox Chapel, you know, with, this, with their child. Your opinion, why is it important for a parent of a child with a disability to be independent? Well, you know, the reality is,
2: is that everyone with and without disabilities have to be able to function in society. And you can't do that if you're not independent, if you're not responsible for yourself, and you're not able to make choices. So, you know, part of independence is making choices for yourself, and we've got to start that at a young age, and guess what? When we're independent, we might make some mistakes. And I think that's what's really hard, because as parents, um, you think you want to, I mean, it's your job to protect your child and make sure that they don't get hurt, um, and you want to help your child, and really, fostering independence goes against what it means to parent. You you want to protect? So it's really hard and difficult for parents, and I completely understand that. So it's, you know, you kind of got to look at if, you know, you want your child to go away to college, you got to let them have sleepovers at other people's houses. You know, sometimes those little steps like that, and those independence, and allowing the child to speak to the teacher, allowing your child to work at a young age, is really important.
1: And anyone listening to the show, I just want to tell you, agree with everything Stacy said. Someday, you want your child, as she, as Stacy said, to be able to go to college or a trade school. Um, you know, whatever it is, you won't be there, and when your child gets a job, you won't be there. And if the person doesn't learn independence at a young age, it's going to be a disaster. Now, here you are, Fox Chapel. Your child is in good hands at this school. But teachers can only do so much if you are so, how can I say this, going against the grain. You really have to, you know, trust People that are professionals and so skilled in this area, it just never works to be teaching your child to become dependent. Never works. Well, Stacy, oh, you know, one of my favorite topics, the Bender Leadership Academy. <laughs> I think it's I all of our favorite topics. The Bender topic. Leadership Academy. So um, I thought maybe you could share, because to me, it just shows why you should not lower the bar. Um, so could you explain to our listeners what you do with me at the Bender Leadership Academy? Well, I think the Bender Leadership Academy is so important
2: and You know, you think about this as a teenager, that you're in high school, you're managing your academic classes, everything else, and now you've been selected to be part of a leadership academy where you are going to be trained and you are going to meet with the Joyce Bender CEO I mean, Joyce, that's really impressive for a teenage student and a little intimidating. And Joyce, you do a wonderful job of, you know, partnering with major corporations that have the same commitment um, and values as you do. And I know that our high schools, through your connections and support, are grateful enough to be welcomed into Cavestro. And our students travel to Cavestro and it's not just that they're traveling there. They have to be prepared. They have to research, write, and prepare speeches that have to do with that week's training session that Joyce runs. So the students are preparing, they're meeting with myself and each other weekly so that they're learning how to develop some of those employability skills, that teamwork, that character, that positive attitude, the not giving up, the initiative, the being on time, meeting deadlines, meeting with us weekly. And then, you know, they prepare and they're really nervous, as Joyce can tell you. They all start so nervous. And I've had many students tell me, I can't do this and I'm not doing this. And I just tell them, yes, calmly. Yes, you are, and I know you can do this. And it was funny because one student, Joyce, that I think of, that said he wasn't going to do it, couldn't do it. His mom sent me an email, said that you know Andrew couldn't do it; it just wasn't going to work. And I have his permission, mom's permission, prior to this call to. Talk with you about this. And she said, he just can't do this. I'm sorry. He's so stressed out. And I emailed her back and said, it's okay. I know he can do it, and he will. And he laughs and tells everybody this story. I came in so mad at you, yelling at you, and you just stayed real calm and said, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Dressed to impress. And... He came in a suit, and as you know, Andrew graduated from your program, returned the following year as a leader, and he's graduating this year. He's already employed, and he's actually going to continue his education at CCAC, and he said to me, yes, on Sunday at a pool party that I was at through the Best Buddies Social Club. He said, Mr. Jonovic, could you promise me one thing? Will you look out for my sister the way you looked out for me? She's only oh. in seventh grade now, but when she gets to the high school, will you make sure she goes through the Bender
1: Leadership Academy? Oh, my God. That is so, so powerful. These, these kids, I mean, just first of all, though, you do a fabulous job preparing them. I've got to tell you, you're like the role model school when it comes to that. The kids come, they're prepared. And don't think Stacy is not stringent. You think I'm stringent. If they're not dressed <laughs> right, they're not coming. And she is by the books. But see, that's the best way you can be. No pity. That's what you need. Um, and everyone gets up and gives their speech. Everyone. And you know what? By the end of this program, they are so different. I mean, so much more confident uh, and so wonderful. I love all of them. I love all of these kids. They are just so awesome. Uh, And Stacey, thank you for partnering with us because it is a pleasure for me also.
2: Well, we're really lucky because, we, you know, schools need you, Joyce, because we wouldn't be able to do this without you. And to have the experience of, I mean, we didn't even touch on the speakers that you bring in each week that talk with the students and how good the students feel when, you know, a top executive from CAVESTRO wants to come in and talk with them and share their career experiences with them and give them advice. I mean, that's very powerful as well.
1: And they always are ready to ask questions. I mean, they are prepared. They are ready to go. You have, as I said, uh, I look forward to it every year. It, I feel selfish because it is, means so much to me going through this class um, with, with these students. Well, you know, Stacy. before the show I was thinking about this, I was thinking, what gives a person... All of these attributes really smart really kind passion for these kids just loves these kids you have to have a role model people just don't do you know they're just not like this something someone or something impacts them so I wanted to ask you who is your role model well
2: I'll tell you what Joyce I get inspired every time I'm with you, listen to you, or around you. And you never give up and you never seem tired and you're always thinking of the next thing that you need to do to improve somebody else's life. And you're always positive. Well, that so is trust fair- me, I think I need these classes as much as the students do each year. I just come back, you know, generally, completely regenerized. The only time that I feel as am charged and ready to go is if I am at a um, national DCDT conference, the Division of Career Development and Transition, because it's all folks like you and I, Joyce, who are just, it's not about the pity, it's about valuing all people and making sure what can we do, what can we do differently, what can we learn, how can we provide opportunities To improve the lives of people with disabilities and just like-minded individuals, positive people, people that believe in it, that aren't just looking at mere compliance with the law, but best practices, those are the people that I try to surround myself with.
1: Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You've always said that to all the students. Yes, And it is so true. Well, with that, we're going to get ready to go to break, and then we will be right back to close the show. Hey, if you know someone that you feel, oh, I wish they would have heard this, Uh, I wish they would have heard Stacy talking about Fox Chapel and talking about working with kids with disabilities, it is on demand. And you can go to my website, Benderconsult.com. You know, you can go to voiceamerica.com, but it is on demand. So you can listen to it and tell anyone else they can listen to it whenever they desire. This is Joyce Bender America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Stacy.
4: the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank
6: you for calling voiceamerica.com.
4: Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from PodStars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up. But I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Since 1985...
7: high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.VendorConsult.com.
4: Stimulating talk gets those synapses
3: in the brain firing really fast.
4: All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
3: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
1: Hey everyone. Welcome back to the show. We have been talking today to Stacy Dejanovic, Dr. Stacy Dejanovic, transition coordinator for Fox Chapel Area High School. And you know, I want to say again, just a great teacher, loves the kids, so dedicated um and you know, Stacy, I can never believe, as I was saying before the break, how many come in and they'll tell you, they'll tell her on the way to the class, I'm sick, <laughs> don't want to yes. talk, I feel nauseous, I don't want to go up there. And you know, she tells her, oh, you can, you can do it. And then after a few classes, isn't it amazing how they change?
2: It's amazing because they just – it's, again, having high expectations for all students, setting those expectations, and sticking to them, and they rise to them, and then your self-esteem rises. I mean, that's the part of leadership, and everybody doesn't get – sometimes I've been a part of programs or initiatives, even sometimes through the state, that, you know, this is a Pennsylvania youth leadership um, initiative and different things, but just because we call – kids' leaders, it doesn't make them leaders, but students have to accomplish tasks they, they don't think that they could accomplish, and they have to learn about what it means to be a leader, and they have to walk the walk and have that opportunity, and they really do evolve and change, and that confidence and self-pride is something all students deserve. And unfortunately, I think our students with disabilities don't, aren't provided with as many opportunities.
1: Oh, I agree. Yeah, and we're working to change that, but that high school students with disabilities are not given the same opportunities for internships in the summer or for work after school is just, you know, so terrible. You're missing out on great talent, and that upsets me so much. Well, Stacy, you already have accomplished so much in your life. I mean, look what you've done. You know, that story you told, how you started and wanted to be an attorney, and then you went to Harmerville, and then you started thinking how you'd like to work with, you know, students with disabilities, and now here you are, PhD, Fox Chapel, heading this whole thing up. You really have done so much, but what would you say, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment? Really had to think about that one.
2: And Joyce, it's not going to be what you'd think I would say. I think my greatest accomplishment is raising three self determined kids that value and respect not only themselves but all people and see the abilities in everyone because I think that is really important and that would be my greatest accomplishment is that I have three young individuals in my home that truly value themselves and other people and can recognize the abilities in others. And that's an accomplishment when you're working full time. (laughs)
1: That is a great accomplishment when you're working full time. But no, I'm not shocked that this is you. This is you right here. You know, it's not about you, it's about your. Kids, and that is you're the same way, same way at school, same way. Well, Stacy, before we go, before we end the show today, if you had a message that you would want to leave with our listeners, what would that be? I think the message would be.
2: Recognize the abilities and foster the abilities in all youth, especially youth with disabilities, and continue to have high expectations for them because they are the most determined individuals you will ever meet.
1: And, oh, that is so true. So true. And we end a, every show with a quote, and today that is Shirley Briggs who said, Let's dare to be ourselves, for we do that better than anyone else can. Stacy, I can't thank you enough for being with us today, and I will so look forward to see what you're going to do in the future because it's (laughs) always exciting.
2: Well, I hope you're there alongside me doing it with me, Joyce. We really value everything you've provided to the students.
1: Well, thank you so much. And before we go today and close the show, make sure you join us next week because John Tagg and some other disability rights leaders right here in Western Pennsylvania are going to talk about the history and how much we have achieved. In Western Pennsylvania, it is now uh, actually a show that's going on, and it's all being documented, so don't miss that. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. See you next week when we talk to John.
7: Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific.
5: If you or somebody you love is dealing with an addiction to alcohol or drugs, you may be looking for all kinds of answers. Let Recovery Radio with host Zach Crouch be your guide. Zach Crouch will speak with experts and share personal stories of addiction recovery. You'll also learn what's beyond the surface of mental health, root causes of addiction, and more. Most importantly, we'll explore the solutions and treatments to get you back on track. Recovery Radio. New episodes are available every Friday on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety.
0: In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control, and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer.
5: Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron. Live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
7: Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity.
6: In fitness and health, we all deserve a second chance. Join host
1: Michael Scogg for the program, You Only Stronger. You always have the ability to start fresh, even if you slip up on your diet or fitness program. Even small steps taken throughout the day can help. Each show will conclude with weekly assignments
6: that you can use, and we'll want to hear your feedback. You, Only Stronger, airs live Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America
5: Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
7: Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us.
5: Are you looking to get more from your relationship? Why is it that some people just seem to have a better sex life, better marriage, and a closer, more meaningful relationship? Find out the best-kept secrets and more on the Sexy Lifestyle with Carolyn David. Carolyn David will share insight about the swinging lifestyle and how it has strengthened their love and marriage, not to mention their great sex. Tune in every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.